So you're wanting to start recording at home and build up your home studio. Well, let me tell you about the things that you're going to need to do that. First of all, you're going to need every plugin that's ever existed. You're going to need lots and lots of hardware. You're going to need really expensive microphones, and you're also going to need just kidding. You're listening to the Christian Indie Artists and Songwriters Podcast, the place where faith, music, and life intersect. We exist to help Christian indie artists and songwriters just like you get songs heard. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the CIAS Podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about home studio and, more specifically, a gear list. Now, yes, in that intro, I was being silly, but I feel like that is what a lot of us feel like we need in order to be able to make good music from home. We need all these plugins, all this gear, all this stuff that feels really confusing, expensive, and unfortunately, I feel like it keeps many of us from actually starting because we feel so overwhelmed by not knowing what we need. So in this episode, I wanted to walk through a list of gear that you need to get started with various options in each category because there's actually a lot less than you might think. So I wanted to give you that roadmap to get started. And honestly, this is one of the questions I get the most is what kind of gear do you need in your studio? And Again, it can be very overwhelming, but the state of technology and how much there is out there, it's really more affordable than ever to create high quality professional music from your home studio. Because just hearing the term home studio can kind of kick in the imposter syndrome and high gear because you feel like, wow, if I don't have that studio or if that gear or if that microphone or that plugin, then I'm never gonna make as good a music as those other people. And that just is not true. So I wanted to debunk those rumors. And yes, I said debunk, which I've never actually said debunk before. So it's been exciting to say debunk today. So let's walk through these eight categories to help you start recording music in your home studio. The first thing you need in your home studio is a digital audio workstation, which is short for DAW. You hear that term DAW all the time. You may not know what it means, but that's what it means. Digital audio workstation. This is basically the software that you record into. There are so many different DAWs these days. And honestly, all of them can be a tool to help you create great sounding music. They all essentially do the same thing, just different ways of getting to the same exact result of professional sounding music. So you just need to pick one and stick with it. So the main consideration is, do you have a Mac computer or do you have a Windows computer? Because there are some things that only work on Mac computers. So that's the first consideration. So for instance, if you have a Mac computer, all Mac computers and phones and tablets come with a great program called GarageBand, which I've talked about a ton on this podcast and that's kind of where I started recording was my first DAW was GarageBand. It comes included for free on all Mac computers, but it's not available on Windows machines. Same thing for Logic Pro X, which is the DAW that I use and lots and lots of other people use as well. It is only specific to Apple, but there are other programs like Pro Tools and Ableton Live and Studio One that work on both Mac and Windows computers. So it's just a matter of which one you feel led to. Honestly, the only reason I started with GarageBand was because it was on my computer and it was there and I was like, hey, why don't I just start messing around with it? And that was literally over 12 years ago now, and now it's become what I do for a full-time living is producing music. And that's not everyone's story, but it's already on your computer if you're a Mac user, so that's a great place to start. So whichever system you have, there's definitely a DAW for you to use, but that is the first step is getting your digital audio workstation. Now that you have your DAW, the next thing is how do you get sound from your microphone 
or instrument into your computer. And that is where the audio interface steps in. It's basically a little box or a rack unit that you can plug directly into your computer via USB or Thunderbolt that will allow your instruments and microphones to communicate and send signal into your computer. So there are tons and tons of options and I'll probably say it a bunch in this episode. There are lots of options with all this stuff. That is why I wanted to create this episode to kind of help give you a roadmap for some options, at least a good starting place. A great company called Focusrite makes some very affordable and very good sounding audio interfaces. So they have a few different series, but the Scarlet series is a Scarlet Solo series, which is a single input channel, meaning you can plug one microphone or one instrument cable in at a time, which honestly is a great place to start. It's a very affordable price point, and you're most likely, when you're getting started, you're not gonna be recording multiple instruments. You're not gonna be recording a drum kit for your first go. So the Scarlett Solo is a great place to start, and if you feel like you wanted to have two channels, the Scarlett 2i2 is a two input, meaning you can plug in two microphones, two instruments, or one mic and one instrument, or just one at a time. But also very affordable, very good preamp in that unit. And I use this for the first four or five years of producing music, so it's a great unit. And the next interface which I currently use is the Apollo Twin, which is made by a really great company called Universal Audio. And this has two inputs as well, but there's some really great preamps built in, and there's something called Unison technology that comes specific to Universal Audio, which basically allows you to record through direct emulations into your DAW, kind of getting some classic sounds. But if you're just getting started, the Scarlett Focusrite stuff works really good, and I would say to start there. Before we jump into the third point, I wanted to mention that if you click the link below, there is a free PDF download of all of this gear with three different options within each category and links to one of my favorite places ever, Sweetwater Music, which is the place that I get all of my gear. So if you want that, click the link below, put in your name and email, you'll get a free and instant download and it will help you because this is a lot of information. So I wanted to help give you a guide to refer to along the way. And number three is headphones. There are many different styles of headphones. So we'll kind of cover that and then I'll give you a few recommendations of what I think is a good starting point. So with headphones, there are the over-the-ear kind of classic studio headphones. There are closed and open back. These are two different styles. Basically, a closed back means that the sound is much more isolated, which is great for hearing low end and also reducing bleed. That's why closed back headphones are really great for actually tracking, especially in a microphone. And there's also over-the-ear headphones that are open back, and these allow sound in and out more freely. They don't give you the same isolation as a closed back, but they give you a much more realistic feel and spatial feel of your environment. So there's both ways. And also, of course, there's things like in-ear monitors, which you can have those be custom and those actually go in your ear. And people use those more and more in the studio situations. And also there's earbuds, which I wouldn't really recommend to use for recording other than possibly as a reference because it'll give you a good idea of what your songs are sounding like in multiple sources. And there are so many different makes and models of headphones. If you get the guide from below, you'll see my top three recommendations of three different price points. I personally have been using a combination of closed back for recording and open back for mixing and referencing as well from a company called Bayer Dynamics, which I really love. But you know, headphones are the way that we interact with our music. And yes, we can listen through speakers as well, but especially with headphones. And there are lots of people now that record and mix and master exclusively with headphones. So that's becoming more and more of a thing because when you have great sounding headphones or at least headphones that you're very tuned into the sound, it doesn't matter what room you're in. It doesn't matter where you are. It's always consistent. So headphones 
are a really important part of building up your home studio. So number four, and this might be one of the most popular topics, is microphones. Again, just like with all of these other things, there are many different styles of microphones. You can get large diaphragm condenser microphones, you can get dynamic microphones, you can get ribbon microphones. So figuring out the best microphone for your solution has actually quite a few different things to think about. One, I would say is, what kind of environment are you recording in? Because if you're recording in a very loud environment or where there's just a lot of ambient noise, then you might want to look at getting something like a Shure SM7B, which does a great job of kind of canceling out and only taking in the sound that's directly in front of it. Now with that, it has a very low noise floor. Depending on the audio interface you use, it might be a little bit quieter compared, so you might have to bring the volume of your instrumentation down to be able to hear and get the balance right. But it's a great microphone, especially in a noisy environment. But there's also other options in the large diaphragm condenser category that are much more sensitive and might pick up more ambient noise, but they could get you a very clear, pristine, and crisp sound. The microphone that I've been using lately that I love so much is by a company called Louton Audio. I have a video on that reviewing that microphone. It's the LA320. It's a large diaphragm condenser mic that's also a tube mic. It gets a very warm, but also clear sound, but it is very sensitive, so it can pick up noises that you don't want. So whenever I'm actually recording vocals, I'll make sure the air is turned off, I'll make sure that in general it's quiet environment around me because it'll pick up all of that detail, which is great. But depending on the environment that you're recording in, it's definitely something to consider before you make the purchase. Now that you have the microphone, there's a few things that you need to actually make sure that you're recording at the highest level possible. I would always recommend a pop filter because that is going to remove those plosive sounds and those are things that's gonna save you a ton of time in the editing. Also, a microphone stand. If you're trying to hold a microphone, there's gonna to be too many variables. You need to fix your microphone in one spot and that's exactly what a microphone stand will do, is it'll keep the mic in one focused area, allowing you to get the most consistent vocal or recording as possible. And also, of course, you need cables to connect it all. So again, download the guide below and it will give you the recommendations on the particular microphone stands, pop filters, and cables, all with links. So the next thing in your gear list are studio monitors. Now, like I mentioned with headphones, there are a ton of professional mixing and mastering engineers that are fully using headphones for everything, aren't even using monitors anymore. And I think that's great, and obviously it's proven. I personally like to have multiple sound sources, and I think studio monitors are a great way to hear what it sounds like in the air, in your actual space. Now again, with that, Depending on your room and the sound treatment in your room, you might need to consider the type of monitors you get because you've seen so many videos and so many people say, you know, the song just sounds great in my room, I take it out to the car, and next thing you know, it kind of all falls apart. And that's because the sound within your room is kind of filling in the EQ cracks, per se, of your song, and then the only place it's gonna sound just like that is in your room. So it's definitely something to consider. And as you get your studio monitors, you kind of learn them. You sort of learn what they sound like in your room, and that's how you can get the best realistic view to reference what your song sounds like against other songs. And speaking of references, when it comes to monitors and headphones alike, I would always recommend using a reference track. That way, you can kind of compare that song that's been mastered in another room compared to your sound, and then that's a really good way to keep consistency across your mixes. So I love, personally, I love using the Yamaha HS8s. I have a pair of them in the studio here. I think they're a very reliable, tried and true speaker, but I used 
different types of monitors for years leading up to these Yamahas, which I love. They definitely do a great job of giving you a real representation of what your music sounds like. So number seven is sound treatment. Now, as you can see behind me, I have sound treatment up in this room and I've had different iterations of that along the way. But essentially what the purpose of sound treatment is, is to take all of the unwanted reflections out of your room. The most dead environment is always the best because when you take the songs out of your studio, it's going to have the most true representation of what it actually sounds like out in the world, not just in your room. So there are varying levels of sound treatment. There are like these panels I have behind me, which are the more classic studio type panels with fiberglass back and sound absorption panels. There's also the foam squares, which you see a lot, which is what I had in my studio for years and years. They're more affordable. They don't do quite the same job of absorption. They will do a great job of diminishing reflections. That comes especially in handy when you're actually tracking music. And then there's great sound absorption specific for microphones that you attach to your microphone stand and they will absorb the sound coming right behind your microphone, isolating that as much as possible. And those are great. And what I would actually recommend is having a combination of all three. And when it comes to your room, the more sound deadening. So you see, I have a couch behind me. There's a rug on the floor behind me. And all of this stuff is absorbing the sound, all eliminating those unwanted reflections, which all comes back to making really good, clean sounding recordings. And it will make the editing process much easier because if you're in a room with echo or reverb in it, you're going to have that attached to every single thing you do. So when you go to compress your vocal or compress your acoustic guitar, it's going to boost all of those unwanted sounds. That's why it's so key to make the most dead environment as possible. So doing the best we can with creating the most deadening through absorption panels, the foam panels, and then also having those attached to the microphone is a great way to eliminate unwanted sound into your recording. And the last thing is the MIDI controller. Now MIDI controller is basically a keyboard that will allow you to trigger sounds within your DAW. Instead of being the traditional piano or electric piano that you just kind of get one sound or you can kind of pre-program the sounds that are getting recorded in, although you can obviously use that, a MIDI controller is more designed to trigger patches within your DAW. So for instance, when I'm programming drums or programming sounds of any kind, I'm playing on my MIDI controller, triggering those sounds. And this is not a must, but I would say that it will greatly improve the dynamics of your programming, especially if you're anything like me, who is not a seasoned piano player, but I'm able to play well enough to give some human dynamics, not just take samples and have to do all the velocities. Because again, you can get the sound in a hundred different ways, but I found that by using a MIDI controller, it's really helped speed up my workflow. And like I said, overall dynamic performances are better. I love the Arturia Keylabs 49, that's what I use. They have the full 88 version, they have smaller versions, but this one is a great keyboard. It has some drum pads on it too. It's got a modulation wheel and my favorite button of all, the transpose button because then I can play all my songs in the key of C, which is where I am best as a piano player. So mini keyboard, like I said, not a must, but I would say a really great way to speed up your workflow and bring much more dynamics to each project. So I know that this can seem like a lot. You know why it seems like a lot? Because it is a lot. There are so many elements and there are so many choices and we are constantly stuck in the overwhelm, not knowing what to do, what the best thing to get is. But I would say that the key elements of a studio setup are of course the DAW, because you need to record into something. The interface is what's going to get your sound 
into the DW. Then you need headphones to make sure that your sound capture is quiet. And then a microphone, of course, will help you put your instruments actually in. And then the accessories as well is key to be able to make that work. So that would be the starting point. But I wanted to go through the entire list to at least start you thinking about these are the things that I need to start looking into when I get there. Starting off with the most basic setup is going to start you creating music, which is the most important part. And you might find that you catch the bug and then you might want to upgrade your interface. You might want to upgrade your microphone. You might want to get a MIDI control. You might want to get some sound absorption panels. Just making music is the first step and the most important step of all. So again, just like with songwriting, just like with artistry, just like with everything, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't feel like you need to run out with the list and go buy everything today because that will honestly overwhelm you even more because even if you did get everything, you'd be like, uh, what do I do now? I've built the studio over a decade now, I've been building the studio, but it all started with a little interface, a little microphone, headphones, and GarageBand, and that was it. That's my encouragement to you is start as small as you're comfortable with and just go from there and grow over time. So once you have the gear, what's the next step? Well, I created an entire course to help you with that exact question. It's called Logic Pro X for Artists and Songwriters, and it is a full music production course walking through every step of the process. So once you have the gear, then this is what it will take you to creating a song from start to finish. We've already got to hear so many great testimonies and songs from people who have jumped into the course, gone through the process, and now are releasing those songs for the world to hear. And that was the entire point of this course, going through how to set up your session, to how to track everything from vocals to acoustic guitar, to bass guitar, electric guitar, programming instruments, programming drums, vocal editing, mixing, and even mastering in a couple different ways. Taking you through the entire process, it's over five hours. And if you're interested in that course, click the link below where you can find out all the information and see if it's a good fit for you. And if you wanna try it out and get a free sample of the course, we have the vocal module that you can jump into right now, absolutely free, called Record Your Vocals Like a Pro. It's the vocal section of the full course that's absolutely free for you to start recording the best sounding vocals you ever have from your home studio. And I'm so excited for you to be digging deeper on your production journey. Yes, all this stuff might seem super overwhelming, and I know what that's like because I've been there too. But like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I hope this will help you see what the options are and the different categories of things that you can get to start creating great sounding music from your home studio. If you have any questions at all or need any further recommendations, again, click the link below and get the free PDF download with all of this stuff listed out with different options within each category and links to Sweetwater where you can actually go and purchase those items now. And if you have any other questions at all, comment below or go to my website at brianbalvermusic.com. We'd love to connect with you and help you record music from your home studio so you can start impacting the world with your music. And don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe, and we will see you next Friday at 5 a.m. Eastern on the CIAS podcast. We want to help reach as many Christian indie artists and songwriters as possible. And one way we can do that is with your help. So if you could take a minute and leave us a review on iTunes, that would be so appreciated. This is how the iTunes algorithm will push this content out to more and more Christian indie artists and songwriters. So like I said, if you could just take a couple seconds, leave us a review, that would be so awesome, means so much to us, and we would really appreciate it.